and welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And we are in the same room. Oh my god. I know, it is. I could, I can, I can poke you. Don't poke me. I am poking you right now. Don't poke me. <laughs> Speaking of poking, uh, my mother fosters and uh, she's currently fostering a, uh, a baby who I think is under one years old. And uh, every now and then she goes, boop. And pokes him on the nose. Okay. Because you boop the snoot. It's like, boop. Yes. Uh, but now, uh, whenever they ask him where his nose is, he has no idea. But you ask him where his boop is, and, and he knows where that is. He's like, he's, he's figured out where his boop is, but not, not where his nose is. So, yeah, I don't know why that came up, but... Uh, the human mind is way more complicated than Pavlovian conditioning, but the human baby mind... Is just straight up Pavlovian yeah. <laughs> condi- uh, conditioning. Absolutely. Well, um, I am sunburnt oh my God, uh, after the real? weekend away. Uh, but uh, what you, a week. You let the sun touch you. It did. It touched me without my consent. Mm-hmm. And it is gross. All right. Um, well, this week... We have an interview with a TikToker, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, Hayden uh, is the, the TikTok, Hayden Fox, Hayden J. Fox, is who we are interviewing. He has over 740,000 followers on TikTok mm-hmm. and over 14 million likes across his videos. He is Canadian, a farmer in southern Ontario. You still don't know where exactly? The more he described it, the more I was like, I know... I think I know the area that he's from, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, Ancaster? He's like, no. I was like, why not? No. I was like, well, it's not peaches, and it is corn, but I don't... Corn, you know, it's just going through all the math in my brain, and he was like, yeah, I'm a 20-minute drive from this place. I'm like, ah, along what yeah. road? That could be I think, anywhere. I think he was keeping it extra vague in case you went stalking him, so yeah, that was a personal safety issue, I think. Well, it's just Southern Ontario is... Uh, even though it's, like... In Canada, we think of Southern Ontario, like the, the region between Toronto and, and Niagara to be fairly small. It takes, you know, with good traffic, it takes about an hour and a half to drive from Montreal, not Montreal, from Toronto to Niagara Falls. But that's about how long it takes to like drive across Belgium when there's good weather, mm. uh, good traffic. So like we, we underestimate how large Canada is and how these spaces are actually quite vast. Absolutely. So trying to pin down where he is on the elephant's trunk uh, was a real challenge for me. Um, yeah, it's... Or forelimb. It would actually be the forelimb. Oh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the trunk is uh, more towards, like, Windsor. Just for people who aren't in Ontario, if you look at Ontario sideways on the map, it looks like an elephant. It looks like an elephant, yeah. If you if you Google, image Google for... Uh, um, Ontario elephant? Ontario elephant, you'll come up with a lot of images that'll explain it perfectly. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's hard to convey over radio, but uh, hopefully people will get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were excited to chat with him about being openly gay and a farmer, um, sort of in charge of his, uh, his family farm. Nothing, none of this felt weird to me, though. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Because on the one hand, you've got, like, you know, the old story of, you know, gays can do anything. You know, we're, we're in the military, we're doctors, we're lawyers, you know, we're not all flouncy uh, musical theater performers. You know, some of us do other stuff. You know, some of us repair cars and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, there's that old narrative. But it's also, like, I don't know, if you're from a farm, you, you get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, like, as he was saying, that... He hated it as a kid, and then he grew up, he's like, you know what, no, I want to do this. So, that Absolutely. doesn't surprise me. Well, we were excited to be able to uh, to share that. Now, we were reached out to by a couple of organizations, one in St. John, who are 
celebrating a new camping set up there and another with a health clinic in Vancouver. We are hoping to get interviews with those lined up for next week. Uh, if you have a story, a piece of news or information that you want to share with our audience, don't forget to reach out to us, uh, info at queer.news, info at queer.news, Q-U-E-R-N-E-W-S. And you can reach us that way if you have a story that you think you'd like to share with our listening audience. Anyway, we have that interview coming up just a little later. I wanted to, to mention, actually, that I follow TikTok. You, you are not TikToking yet. Mm, well, because the warnings that I get that it, once you start, you end up sinking one to seven hours a day. Yeah. TikTok is the Pringles of social media. That's, <laughs> that's what I believe. Once you pop, you can't stop. It is the Pringles of social media. So I can't have Pringles because Pringles are actually more wheat than potato. A lot of people oh, really? don't know that. Wow. Yeah, but there's like an off-brand no-name one. That that's more potato than it's with all, no wheat? It's all potato, yeah. Oh, wow. And one time I came home with a canister of it. I had like a handful of chips and then I put the lid on <gasps> and I put it on the cupboard and my roommate looked at me like it's wizard magic. This is this is the <laughs> devil's work. I, I don't know how you could pop and stop. This is... <laughs> and she was like, why did you do that? I was like, I had all I wanted. And she's like, how no. does that work? It was a, it you was don't understand how Pringles work. I'm sorry. But, but you... yeah, no, TikTok is uh, just like YouTube and Facebook and Reddit and Twitter and everything else. There's two different, well, three different sides. You've got like the nightmare hellscape of opinionated extremism on any political or social axis or, or even intellectual axis. There's extremes. Then you've got the comedians. And the only reason why I'm on Twitter is I follow comedians because Twitter's the perfect format because you just do like a joke mm -hmm. and that's your post. Um, and then you've got just like people who are into engineering or movies or dogs or gardening or whatever cooking i watch so many cooking shows on youtube that's the part that i stick to and i haven't seen that much for tiktok yet well i think the tiktok algorithm really does surface creators that kind of follow you know, that match your interests mm. and uh it is the fastest growing platform in the world okay. um it is absolutely massive it was the most downloaded app um after zoom during the pandemic okay so really zoom and tiktok were right up there it mm -hmm. really is uh the, you know a great thing we uh we are going to be trying to post some of the videos of our interviews on tiktok just a little short three minute clips um if you'd like to see the people <laughs> that we talk to so that's uh that's hopefully one of the things that we are working on um in the meantime one news story that came up which i thought was quite interesting is uh about the alpha house boys now they are. I think. I think they're like a fraternity. Is this a porn thing? This sounds Not like always. a porn thing. But they are. They are young men, sort of late teens, early twenties. They are unbelievably well built. Okay. And they wear shorts. They don't usually wear a t-shirt. So that's kind of soft. It's soft for sure. This is like Army Hammer. Yeah. Where Army yeah. Hammer sounds like the stage name of a. a uh, a porn artist but it's actually just the guy's actual name so this is something that looks like it's gay pornography but it's actually just a thing completely innocent well it's not necessarily completely innocent because these uh, these three are running two completely different tiktok accounts okay one 
geared towards a straight audience. Okay. Where they're sort of designing their photos. There's a lot of work that makes into, uh, not photos, videos. There's a lot of work that goes into creating a TikTok. Okay. And they're designing, well, one of all their videos is really geared towards women who are in their audience. And then they have a whole separate account where they're gearing all their content towards gay men. Okay. And they're funneling both to their OnlyFans page. Okay. Which is the subscription service where you pay money to see a bit more of them, let's say. You know what, though? It could be literally anything, because there are cooking shows that are only on OnlyFans. Yeah, but that's not what... The, they're not cooking. I'm just going to put that out there. They're doing... Gen- it's getting hot and steamy, but there is no things. cooking. With, but with, yeah. with each other? or Mostly with themselves. Okay. And I think that's what... There's been a bit of a blow-up, a bit of a brouhaha, as I like to say. Mm. Um, because gay creators are annoyed that they are literally cashing in on the gay male gaze. Okay. I mean, a part of me is like, if the gay male gaze is, is there and you want to make money on it, fine. But it's the idea of claiming to be gay or claiming to be bisexual when you're not, but you're just doing it to leverage cash. It's it's gay for pay. I mean, is it gay for pay? Because are they claiming to be gay or is this more like a Liza Minnelli thing where they like they discovered they have a gay audience and they're like, all right, we'll cater to that. Or... No, no, they have separate accounts, one specifically geared with rainbows and references to pride and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Lots of guy-on-guy content is what they claim to create. So it really is that they know what they're doing. Hmm. It is it is quite forward. I mean, this is... It just, it's just market economics, really. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's it's disingenuous. Yeah, well. But... Uh... So is acting. <laughs> like, you know that Michael Keaton is not actually Batman, and neither is Christian Bale. I don't, I don't know. No, Christian Bale is Batman. Like, there is no, <laughs> there's Batman. no, I am Batman. <laughs> but no, there is no if I know buts. Actually, speaking of Batman, good and, segue. And butts. And well, I mean, maybe like uh, the the nipples on the. <laughs> we're moving on from that. <laughs> speaking of Batman, uh, the DC Comics Tim Drake version of Robin. Yes, I was informed by you that there's 50 versions of Robin. There's a lot of Robins out there. Yeah, Burt Ward is the original, but there's been a lot since. Burt Ward is a Nightwing now? But anyway, yeah, go on. So there's the latest installment. It is Batman Urban Legends uh, 6, number 6. It's written by Megan Fitzmartin, uh, Bella Nortaga, and uh, the colorist was Alejandro Sanchez. Mm Mm-hmm. And the letterer was Pat uh, Brosso. Mm-hmm. Um, They have now uh, acknowledged that... um, Tim Drake is bisexual. Well, they didn't acknowledge it. They wrote it. it they wrote it. That he is, <laughs> that he, like, it's now canon in the in the comic books that right. uh, Tim Drake's uh, uh, Robin is now bisexual. I don't think there's a lot of... Are there as many gay DC as there are Marvel? Not there's particularly. Of, there's a lot of gay Marvel characters. And apparently DC has been under pressure for years mm. to make Robin gay or bisexual he's had girlfriends in the comic books in the past well it depends on which robin as well this particular one but part of it is like marvel has had more of a political edge and dc is more just like fun which is one of the reasons why a lot of people hated um oh what was the Zack snyder film the justice league Mm -hmm. a lot of people hated justice league because it was like dark and brooding and it was all just shades of gray and brown Mm -hmm. it was like playing fallout 3 but it was a movie as a movie it was like if they took the lighting scheme from the season finale of game of thrones and applied it to a whole movie yeah 
It's like, I, I just want to turn a lamp on, on set. It was Someone just, just needs to point the spotlight. Sepia, colon, the movie. Yeah, it was uh, so dark. But like, you know, Superman is supposed to be light and bubbly. Uh, the Flash is light and bubbly. Um, Wonder Woman is supposed to be like fun and optimistic. Like DC is the fun and optimistic. We're just here to have a good time comics. If you want politics, you go to Marvel. So the idea that DC being a little bit... But even then, like DC has... Um, uh, the squad, the not the Suicide Squad. What's the the thing that we watch with Brendan Fraser as Robot Man? Um. Anyway, so DC has been doing political stuff as well for years, but usually more subtle, more just like you know we're not we're not going to do a thing about feminism. We're just going to show women in positions of authority mm. and not comment on it. That's sort of like Star Trek. Let's pretend the world is the way we want it to be and not comment on it. That kind of yeah. That's usually how they do stuff. Like, we'll just have, you know, a, a black character as the mayor, and nobody comments because why not? What's wrong with it? It is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. Well, in the in the comic, um, Tim Drake, he, Robin, yeah. rescues an old friend, Bernard, and... Uh, Bernard. They, they've known... I think it's Bernard. Bernard. Uh, might be Bernard Bernard. It's a written format, so who knows. Um, but anyway, they rescue Bernard and you know from evildoers, and uh, then uh, he's like, oh, "I want to try and figure out what is going on with our relationship. Are we friends? What's what's this look like?" Mm -hmm. And uh, Bernard said, uh, "Would you like to go on a date?" And uh, Tim Drake said, "Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I would want that." Hmm. So it's interesting because it is the character Tim Drake now trying to figure out where he sits. And I yeah. think it's 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 not forced. It's it seems authentic in how they've written it. Most Robins are teenagers as Robins, and then mm -hmm. when they get to their mid twenties, they go off and do their own thing. So if Tim Drake is still a teenager in the comic, this is one hundred percent in step with normal human psychosexual development. And I don't understand how anyone could have. Is it? Does anyone have a problem with this? Or I don't know. We'll probably find out over the next week. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just been a bit of a revelation because DC has been under pressure for decades mm. to have more queer representation. And people have always felt that Robin as a character, um, it would make sense that he would be more bisexual yeah. or what have you. I can understand people saying don't futz with things that have been around for decades. Mm -hmm. Like if they, made, if they made Batman gay, I'd be like, that's... that's that would be that would be a bit odd. That's peculiar, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like Robins cycle through all the time. Like every ten years, we get a new Robin. Yeah, he's still a teenager. This well, is this is fine. This well, makes sense. The DC adaptations, so DC Legends, and there's a couple of other TV shows. Um, they are they do believe that this comic book now can set the path mm. for the TV and movie adaptations to also potentially have uh, queer representation in, in Robin. Okay. So that'll be interesting to see how they uh, adapt the Robin character in the TV series mm -hmm. as it moves forward. Uh, one last note on on TikTok is Eminem's uh, <laughs> child yeah. uh, has come out as uh, gender fluid. So Stevie came out on Instagram and in the video on TikTok as gender fluid. Mm -hmm. This is only really newsworthy because Eminem has been struggling for years with not being homophobic yeah. and transphobic mm -hmm. in his rapping. Mm -hmm. uh, so having his own child come out as gender fluid, identifying as they slash she or her, um, is uh, yeah. is an interesting... So 
Eminem, I always perceived as uh, having the attitude of, of nothing is too sacred to make fun of it, and he kind of applies that equally to all sources. So, I mean, I I don't like what he's doing, but he's doing a thing, and at least he's consistent. But 50 Cent has been complaining lately about being called a homophobic, and everybody who knows him is like, but you are. <laughs> 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 but now it's not a good brand. No, no, yeah. It doesn't no. look good on you. And it was interesting because the baby um, recently had that huge scandal of, of you know, really. Uh, I'm not going to go over it on every news channel and, and radio show has been talking oh, about God, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see how it's it's becoming toxic. Being a dick mm. no longer sells. Mm -hmm. I think is really the crux of it. All right, we jump to our first song. The but, crazy thing though is if you look at the history of rap. Like, in the 90s, when you had, like, you know, De La Soul and Dream Theater and, and Black Alicious, you had, like, all these old-school rappers. They were all about, like, positivity and inclusion and progress and, and binding together as a community and moving on. And, and oh, what was her name? She sang U-N-I-T-Y. But, like, all these, like, famous rappers who were more about cohesion. And then in the 2000s, when, like, gangster rap, well, mid-90s to 2000s, when gangster rap took off... All these old rappers were like, what are you doing to us? So it's kind of interesting how it's looping around. And some of those old rappers who never really stopped, mm -hmm. they're coming back being like, yeah, no, this is, you are cashing in the check. Yeah. It's interesting when we got uh, Lil Nas X and his Montero song. And, and then you've got uh, Baby, And Lil Nas X is outperforming Baby. Mm. Or as they've said, Lil Nas X is now top Baby. <laughs> in the charts uh, so we're going to play Level Up by Send Helps Band that's Level Up by Send Helps Band we will be back just after this baby how you doing your name doesn't matter cause I already knew it I heard you're in town I've seen you around and now you Yeah. 
TikToker that I have been, I'm not going to say stalking because you follow people on TikTok. It's what you're supposed to do. But it is certainly somebody that I have been thrilled to be, uh, to see the videos from, which is Hayden Fox. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You have 740,000 followers. <laughs> With well, over fourteen point <laughs> TikTok, it's it's on your page. I I just all I did is open it and look. Seventy seven hundred forty thousand people following you. Is that is that an uh, odd feeling? I didn't think it was that weird until one day I went to the the John Deere dealer right by my house, and the guy noticed who I was right away. And I was like, I've never met you before, so that's probably the weirdest experience coming from a small town. But other than that, I kind of forget about it half the time. I think, but oh, yeah. if before getting too far ahead, we should mention. Uh, what it is that that brought Hayden to our attention and what he's famous for. And I think dropping the name John Deere was kind of a heavy hint. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, you're absolutely right, Sebastian. I think it's it's worth introducing why we've got Hayden uh, on the show. Um, I saw a, a video on your channel, and this video has over a million views, and it's definitely one of the most prominent ones, where you talk about how there was a, a, a you know, a six-year-old farmer coming in and sort of c- confused to see a gay man, a very bubbly gay man uh, in in charge. Do you mind telling us that story a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he had come to the farm and he was just offloading his soybeans into the bin. And I was just going around doing my thing, like kind of being bubbly and crazy. Pretty much he came up to me and was like, uh, yeah, I don't really think your type belongs in the farming industry. And what I'm wearing, I just wear like my hat backwards if you've never seen me before. And I wear like really not your typical farming type of clothing. It's just very whatever I want to wear on that type of day. And uh, he was very much, we can't have that here kind of thing. So it was kind of funny because he went over to my uncle to pretty much be like, I don't think uh, you should have hired somebody like this. And it's kind of funny because I'm the boss. So he ended up having to come talk to me about it anyway. So pretty embarrassing for him. But I get this on the daily type of thing. Just people being like, oh, you don't belong here because you don't look like you belong here. But I don't know. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm, I've mentioned a couple of times that you're Canadian and you're running a farm in southern Ontario, sort of south of the GTA just north of the border, I think, just sort of in that area. Honestly, I think I saw uh, one of your videos recently where somebody wanted to see if the guinea pig liked your hay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they they dropped it off to test. Uh, how did that end? Oh, yeah. People always bring their animals to the field. They're like, I just want my animal to test the hay before I buy it. Like a lot of people have gotten animals, I guess, probably over the pandemic. And they're like, I don't know. Hay is kind of, hay is kind of scary to new people that have never tried it before. So they like to bring their animals out and try it. And this one in particular, she brought her guinea pig to the field and she put it on the hay and the guinea pig kind of took off. So it was kind of like an adventure hunt in the hay field. <laughs> So recently I was watching Jeremy Clapton's The Farm on Amazon Prime. I think you can see it here in Canada. It astonished me just how grueling the farming industry is, how difficult it is and how thin the profit margins are. You know, you're a very young man. How did you end up sort of running your own farm and how on earth did you find the time to share the stories of what happens mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with your with your TikTok audience. Yeah, I mean, I was born and raised in farming, so I never really had a choice from a small age. It was funny because I hated it with a passion. Like I told my parents, I am never, ever joining the farm. Like they're slaving out there all day. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to be a lawyer or a doctor. And then I went to school for agriculture, fell in love with it, and then I'm back at it. It's funny because we always say, we don't make any money. It's just something you have to do because you love it kind of job. And as for finding time to make TikToks, uh, half the time, everyone's working in the background and I'm there screaming at my phone in the middle of the field. And they're like, can you hurry up? We're trying to get something done. I'm like, I got to tell I got to tell everyone the story. <laughs> so it's just kind of like fitting it in wherever I can. My aunt in uh, Quebec has a, a dairy and her general work day, she was busy when she was busy. And every so often it would be like, well, four hours to spend. You mm-hmm. could only feed the cows so much. So, I mean, I. I kind of assumed there'd be little pockets throughout the day where it's, you know, if not lunch break, just, you know, bits and pieces where weather's no good or. Yeah, there's pockets throughout the day. Yeah, I don't know. I think when you're working and you're busy, you just think that you have no time. But I'm sure there's pockets that I um, just kind of slip in here and there. But I try my best to do it when we're not working. But most of the time is when we're working. 
So one of the things that kind of come up to me that, that I noticed is every now and then, you know, you mentioned the story earlier about somebody who didn't think that your bubbly personality was maybe the, the best fit. But I think you also had another video where you referenced that, uh, you know, your whole family is in farming. And I think, is it your sister? And somebody didn't believe that they would, that she would become a farmer. You know, is this something that you, you see often? Yeah, it was my niece and she was out in the field with us the one day, like in the tractor. She's only two years old. So she loves everything about farming. Like to her, the tractors are big and amazing. But most of the time, a lot of people are see it from the perspective of it has to be a man farming. So I think when they see young girls, I know she's only two years old, but I have a lot of family members who are females and they love being in the tractors. And people are always like, oh, they're going for a ride, right? You're just taking them for rides. Like, no, they're working. Like, just because they're female doesn't mean they want to farm. Like, I don't know where this stereotype came from, I guess, because in the past it was mostly men doing the farming, but uh, women can do it just as good. And I find most of the time, they have a lot more fun doing it than the men, that's for sure. <laughs> when I mentioned to uh, Sebastian that we'd, we'd lined you up for, uh, for an interview, um, he asked me, and, and I don't know if you remember this, Sebastian, to ask if you've seen Letterkenny. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know what it is, but I don't want to watch it because I'm too scared that I'll like it. So I haven't seen it. <laughs> I know what it is. Well, there... <sighs> I, I've been to quite a few small towns and farming communities, and it seems to be, it's not quite so cleanly split, but there seems to be ones where it's like, you know, we don't care if you're, if you're gay or whatever, you know, you work hard, you're good people, mm -hmm. it's good by us, you know, he's a weirdo, but he's, he's our weirdo, and yeah. if you make fun of him, we'll beat you up behind the bar. <laughs> And then you've got the other community, which is sort of the stereotype of like, you know, the homophobic, racist, sexist, ultra conservative kind of farming community. And, and mm -hmm. obviously it's not one or the other. There's there's variants in between. But this assumption that everyone who lives in the countryside is a backwards, uneducated hick who knows nothing about the world. It, I don't know. It, it just screams of someone who's never actually been to the countryside and hung out with farmers. Yeah, I that's probably the biggest thing that I found growing up is just this like lack of perception about what the countryside is. And like mm. I said earlier, I'm educated. I went to university. Most of my family's educated. Like I, you need to be educated because everything now is dealing in the millions. Like we're not just dealing with $10 and $20 crops. So I don't know what that stereotype's all about. But in my community, especially, I would say there isn't a lot of people that at least identified in the LGBTQ community or even of color. So it's very one dimensional. And I think maybe that's where people get it from because looking, looking kind of from afar, that's what it would look like. But once you get into the community and you actually like meet with everybody, you realize it's a lot more diverse than just what meets the eye right on the outside. Yeah, I think one of the points that you made in that video was, you know, there are indigenous farmers, there are mm -hmm. black farmers, you know, there is an entire globe of people farming who aren't white. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. This is really the, the, the reason why I wanted to chat with you because even though your TikToks are fun and entertaining and they make me smile every time I see them, it is absolutely worth following you because you, you really do bring a smile to uh, people's face. The reason why I wanted to, to chat with you is about the fact that you're bringing a face to gay farmers to bubbly farmers to young farmers in uh, you know across canada and i think that's really 
who we're, we're hoping to speak to here. What and would not you... just weed farmers, because everybody knows about <laughs> bubbly weed, young gay weed farmers. It, yeah, yeah. Bubbly young and gay is definitely growing cannabis. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, it's interesting. You must have seen when the province of Ontario opened up the licensing that a lot of farms switched their cash crop to cannabis. Yeah, actually, a farm right down the road from my a tomato farm, like they did amazing. They switched over to cannabis. And I, I kind of saddens me because I want to see as much food grown. And I'm like, oh, no, like we're it's not that it's something that's useless, but it's something that to me, I'm like more, food is more maybe we should like put our resources into that but as for like growing cannabis myself no it was never something that crossed my mind I love growing crop I love growing corn corn's my favorite so (laughs) (laughs) what would you say to young folks who are listening or or openly gay folks who are listening in more rural areas or even in cities that want to get involved with agriculture and food production you know, what, what words of wisdom would you might want to share to maybe help, you know, inspire somebody to, to see this as a viable path forward? I think the biggest thing is you don't have to be afraid to give it a try, go out there. I always have a lot of people coming up to me and ask, like, I want to become a farmer. I want to do what you do. How do I do it? And I always just say, like, go talk to your neighbors, go to the rural and just talk to a farmer. Like, it's crazy when you go talk to them. They will let you work alongside them. They will show you like, I don't know why there's a perception out there that farmers are so like, oh no, we can't help anybody else. Like they hold it so close to their heart, like lock and key. They'll help you out. They'll show you the ropes and see if it's something that you like. So anybody out there, I would just say, you got to give it a shot. See if it's something you like and don't be afraid to talk to the farmers. They're the ones who are going to show you the way. Like it's really hard to just look on Google and say, oh, this is how you grow the crops. So like you got to get out there and actually talk to someone. It's interesting you say that and talk about the, the sense of community that exists in, in farming communities, because just to circle back to that, that older gentleman um, who we talked about earlier, I believe that, you know, a few weeks later, you were out helping him bring his crop in, I believe. Is, is, that, is that true? Yeah, how it comes full circle, right? <laughs> yeah he actually broke down a week later his combine wouldn't run anymore and he came to the farm and he asked us hey uh could you guys help me out this is my last field we're not going to get it done and of course we went over and helped him out I know there was this whole catastrophe a week before about him calling me out and saying I shouldn't be on the farm type of thing but of course I'm still going to help him out like (laughs) you gotta kind of kill people with kindness and farmers are the same way it's a very community oriented and I'm sure one day in the future, I'm going to need his help. So I definitely don't want to burn that bridge now. From my experience of watching one season of Jeremy Clarkson's On the Farm, um, I, uh, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me is that if you don't get the grain in on the day when it's at the right moisture level, that's it. You've lost tens of thousands um, oh, that yeah. you've put into the process. So, you know, it's certainly heartwarming to know that you're you're leading by example in uh, in that community. Yeah, I was going to say it kind of makes it seem like the ultimate selling point of you know li- country living is that it is immune to cancel culture, both mm-hmm. canceling others and being canceled. That you kind of have to work with them yeah. because you know you may not like that mechanic because he's a fill in the blanks, but there's only two mechanics in town, and the other guy charges too much. So you, you, you work with what you work with and you make peace and you, you win hearts and you, you change minds because, you know, not that there's no options. There's always options, but, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always find cancel calls are kind of like 
not a joke, but I kind of find it a joke because I feel like I'm canceled on a daily basis. So it's just funny. Like I, <laughs> I laugh at it and I'm like, oh, you know what? Cancel me today. It's fine. <laughs> because like I said down the road they're gonna need help or you see them every single day or at least once yeah, a week yeah, yeah. you see these people so I don't know mm-hmm. it's just it becomes more of a joke than actually you're quote-unquote canceled yeah now speaking of of seeing seeing people when I moved to uh rural Ontario moved to Tweed which is uh, uh Hastings County area I don't know if you know you're familiar with the area oh, yeah I got snowmobiling up there okay yeah, that's, that checks out. And uh, I was the only gay in the village. And I say village, the, I think the whole county was probably the, mm-hmm. the only gay area. You know, and it is difficult. On the, the more personal side, is it a challenge being in a rural area? You know what? I always thought there was a challenge being in a rural area. But I think now with like social media and just being able to like reach such a vast amount of people at your fingertips... I honestly don't find it a problem anymore. Like, <laughs> I think there was a lot more people, at least in my area, that were gay that weren't out. And just like me being gay just kind of like helps other people and show them, you know why it's okay. And even like your example with Tweed, there's probably a lot more people in the LGBTQ community that just aren't out because it is kind of scary. Like, it's scary because people look at you like you got three eyes walking around the town kind of thing. So I don't think it's as hard as it used to be, but it definitely still has its challenges. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one in miles and miles. Well, I mean, I mean that could in, be if you're in the middle like, of your farm, then that's probably, oh, well, that's that's probably true <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. We got an app for that. Farmers only. <laughs> when you have a deadline and you have to get it done, you don't think about any of these things anymore. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you look like or where you come from. It's just, we need to get this job done. We're going to get it done now. So I think a lot of it, when you just have a deadline, you just put everything else in the back of your mind. Well, I want to thank you, first of all, for joining us and, and chatting with us about uh, about your experiences on, on your farm and, and on TikTok. And I also want to thank you for um, you know educating people in southern Ontario not to pull up to get hay in a smart car um, because that's never gonna do you only sell hay to people in small vehicles is that is that your yeah, stock and trade if you if you have a tiny car and you need some hay I'm your guy to come to <laughs> did they think they were gonna everyone. buy like half a bale can I have a quarter of a bale please oh, I don't, just they went off the entire bale <laughs> I want three bales in my smart car. Thank you very much. Oh my God. I, I think it's a game. It's like Jenga. Like, how many can we fit in this car? It's fun for people. <laughs> well, I encourage everybody to go and follow uh, Hayden J. Fox on TikTok. You can also find Hayden on uh, Instagram. And uh, if you're in the trade for some hay in Southern Ontario, uh, be sure to hit up his farm as well. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much. I bought you in for dinner. You said it was a bad year. Told you about that dress that I saw in the window You said I should look in the mirror You throw all that shade like you enjoy my pain Shadow down, you question all I'm about Shadow down
Welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And we were just listening to uh, Jackie Drew's song, Shadow of a Doubt. This is a new release from Jackie Drew. I'm pretty excited to see him. The New Brunswick-born, raised in Calgary uh, folk artist. I liked it. Uh, Hopefully you folks did too. Now, so from New Brunswick... Called... Moved to Calgary, raised in Calgary. Born in New Brunswick, raised in Calgary. Oh, I thought that was the name of the band. No, no, no. The name of the band is Jackie Drew. Who oh. Is, who is the singer. I thought it was like a Boards of Canada situation. No, no, no. Because Boards just... of Canada are actually Scottish. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's, it's not that. It's, <laughs> it's Jackie Drew. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's dive into it. We want to obviously thank uh, Hayden for joining us. Uh, I yes. Was, it was an entertaining interview. Right, uh, but before we before we go, we are aware that the Liberal Party, uh, particularly the Justin Trudeau, has asked the Governor General last weekend mm. to uh, trigger an election, mm-hmm. which should be happening September twentieth. Now we will try to reach out to the political parties and commentators and look at uh, how things are progressing. Mm-hmm. But I did want to point people in the direction of a great article in Waves, which is one of the only LGBT publications left in Canada, uh, W-A-Y-V-E-S. Like paper publication? I don't know if they're still in print anymore. They might just still be online. Um, But uh, they released a couple of articles on access to men's health 
in Nova Scotia, okay. asking the different political parties for their takes on access to men's health. Mm-hmm. At time of recording, the Nova Scotian election hasn't finished, but when you're hearing us, it's probably just wrapped up. Um, everyone in Nova Scotia were freaking out because how can you deal with two elections at once? Mm-hmm. Um, which is the case in Nova Scotia for two days. There was 48 hours of overlap. That is it. <laughs> okay. But people were panicking at uh, just too much going on. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was really interesting to see this kind of approach to the political parties in Nova Scotia. We will see if similar things come up at the federal election. Now, Sebastian, in your personal opinion, Mm. it has been uh, a few years now of the Liberals. How do you think they are fed in terms of representing and uh, supporting LGBT folks across the country? In terms of optics, I would say they've done a pretty good job. Uh, Some of what they've done cynically well, my cynicism here, it seems to be purely for optics. And whether or not anything actually came out of, you know, an apology, a public comment, um, any kind of discourse is a different issue. In terms of actually getting things done, I do know, I mean, we've reported that they've done a lot in terms of funding. Yeah. So they, they set up the secretariat for, this is not this election cycle, this was the previous government. Um well, I mean, it was still liberals, but it was the previous government. They set up the secretariat for... The LGBTQ secretariat. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they have done work, for sure. And I, they've probably done more work than any other government. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of... Like, there's... I, I've seen people behind the scenes... Because here in Ottawa, you've always got a friend of a friend who's on the inside of something. And you probably know who my friend is. And then you don't know who his friends are. But I... Anyway. Um... And you hear things about different people saying they're not as effective as they're meant to be or they're just optics or just a placeholder so people stop complaining. And some of that's true. Some of that's cynical. Some of that is valid um, uh, criticism. And some of that is completely false. So it's mixed, just mm-hmm. like any government. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely say overall, in terms of LGBTQ issues, I would give them like an A minus B plus. And most of that has to do with... They had a lot of plans that they had troubles following through. Yeah, so they planned to ban conversion therapy. They passed the bill at really the 11th hour of the 11th hour, mm-hmm. and it died at the Senate floor. And it's because Trudeau called the, uh, called the election. They promised to ban um, the blood ban, or end the blood ban on men having sex with men being able to donate blood they did bring it from i think five years all the way down to three months yeah during their time um but they are now fighting a man at court who has sued health canada over that ban they're fighting a man well they, they're they're countering the suit oh. by by uh by this man who's suing health canada so they're not resolving this through gladiatorial combat no, they're not. There's no gladiatorial combat, as far as I'm aware. Okay. And there has been questionable investments, like dropping, I think it was 700,000 on uh, Toronto Pride to do a national survey, yeah. which ended up just being plastered into previous expenses with very little, yeah. uh, you know, a transparency. They used most of it to pay off debt. Yeah, which is questionable. But also... Which everybody thought would happen. Yeah. Their co-funding for LGBT organizations has massively 
reinvented the capacity of queer serving organizations mm -hmm. across the country. Yeah. That co-funding boost the places like Fierte Canada Pride, mm -hmm. uh, Egal Canada, the Rainbow Railroad, mm -hmm. has meant that there's so much good work being done by queer organizations across the country, communities big and small, mm -hmm. um, that they've made major on-the-ground yep. differences. I've only heard one complaint about this that I... I don't know if I agree with, but I understand. Like, you know, when you hear something, you're like, I don't know if I'm on board, but at least that makes sense. Um, a lot of people, their only complaint about this that I don't necessarily have a problem with is, is the sort of um, neoliberal argument. Like, they are co-funding organizations to do what the government should be doing. Like, why is it, you know, uh, HIV, uh, the Canadian Aid Society's job to do what health canada should be doing yeah so that that kind of argument where they're like they shouldn't be funding these centers what they should be doing is holding family doctors accountable so that they actually give you proper health care instead of having to have separate health care facilities for lgbtq youth or seniors and and um that i'm like okay you know they shouldn't be funding this they should be actually making mm -hmm. the system work properly but it's yeah, I get what you're saying, and this has been an argument not just for queer services, but the charity sector as a whole across Canada. Indigenous services where especially get it's this argument. The other counter-argument to that is that people on the ground in the communities can better adapt yeah. and usually are significantly cheaper yeah. than through big institutions. And there's so also the, the, issue... the tax dollars go further. And, and there's a lot of community members who don't trust any kind of government-oriented services. But they might trust their friend Steve that yeah. works in, you know, the local whatever. It's mixed. I, I, I think it's complicated. I kind of agree with that argument. I think the government should be, like, you know, normal healthcare, mainstream healthcare should be doing a better job. I don't mm. think I should have to go to an LGBTQ service to get serious treatment for certain issues. Uh, but it's there in case... I can't find a family doctor who's not horrible. Yeah, they fill gaps. Charities yeah. fill gaps, yeah. but the gaps shouldn't be there to begin with. Is yeah, really the... yeah, so it, it's mixed. So we will be keeping an eye on it um, and hopefully getting other people to share their perspective on how the Liberals have done and what the Conservatives, the NDP and the Greens may do uh, if as we move forward. But uh, we'll be looking at that and seeing what their platforms promise as well. Now, we have run out of time, but just before we go, I did want to mention that Canada, uh, Capital Pride in Ottawa, so Ottawa's Pride, is now going to be in person Okay. at Lansdowne. Lansdowne is uh, a big uh, stadium arena. It's not the biggest in the city, but it's pretty pretty decent capacity. Oh, where the Red Blacks play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my uh, brain was like... Is it the soccer team that plays there? Uh, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. That, it, it's in the glee... For a moment, I thought you were talking about Strathcona. I was like, you no, can't no. fit that many people there. So they, uh, they're they moving to in-person at this stadium, and I believe it's going to have everyone spaced out evenly in the uh, in the seating. Spaced out distance, not like... Yeah, socially distanced. They're not and... handing out LSD or something. No, no, okay. no, no. It's, it's not that kind of spaced out. But no, I think that the plan is to have them socially distanced. If they did that, it would be the most colorful pride ever. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I see, LSD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because Montreal, one of the biggest prides in the country, just had their political march mm. just this past weekend um, as part of it. But it, the question I have for you as we wrap up is, as the Delta variant is driving more uh, infections, particularly mm. Ontario, it's worth noting that in the United States, a survey of 15,000 
LGBT people had a 92% response rate of uh, LGBT people being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So queer folks seem to be getting vaccinated at a higher rate than the general public. There's... But so does this in-person event concern you? Uh, well, maybe a little. Uh, we're not quite out of the woods just yet. Uh, it is outside, and sunlight is a fantastic bleach when it comes to most infections. There are some infections that can survive airborne outside mm -hmm. in Such as the sun. Delta variant of COVID-19. Um, but social distancing, if people wear masks, uh, obviously there's going to be some people who don't care and don't wear their masks. So I don't know. It's one of those... Um, it's probably more safe than not, but if you're immunocompromised, if you're uh, a senior, if you're under 15, if you're, you know, the, the usual list, mm -hmm. if you have a heart condition, you, you should probably, you know, for your own sake, stay, stay away and take care of yourself. Well, with Ottawa's numbers heading in the wrong direction, um, I am concerned. Yeah. I also think that they had announced that this was going to be virtual this year, but now at the 11th hour have decided to be in person mm. with the Delta variant. I'm like, why push it? Mm -hmm. Why not just wait until 2022 yeah. when things make more sense? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm disappointed in the organizers of Capital Pride because it, it's, it was an unnecessary risk. For little gain. They're probably getting pressure from all sorts of directions, and this is probably concession. And this Is this for the fair, or is this like... I believe it's the parade element. Okay. At Lansdowne? I know. it's It raises questions, but uh, we'll see. We will maybe go to this. We've been to every Pride event that's happened in person for the past few years, uh, well, so maybe we'll cover this one. I am immunocompromised, though. So you won't be covering <laughs> this one. All right, well, that's... You know what I'll do instead? I'll go to Strathcona Park. I'll go to the Because <laughs> no one's there. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever seen um, the Canadian classic Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter, mm -hmm. it was filmed there. So we will be uh, playing out with Kings of Our Kin with their title track off their album 1045. That's 10 colon 45, like the time. The time, yes. And uh, the title track is also called 1045. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. Yeah. I had sunshine, but when gold I was too young. I didn't know how to find happy on my own. I was hot-pressed, little bit vicious Kinda messed up on my chances To feel like I could be long Slow down, baby We can get it right I think maybe we could get it right Yeah We won't be lost in the sea Learn to own our entity
were just chilling. Whole time I got up and locked it down. Never went unless I'm in it. Let me focus and put my head down. I never knew how to find happy on my happy on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Level up, play like a boss. Yeah, only give it all you got. Cause your yeah, only your business got no quit. God damn, what? you deserve it. Switch it up, calling the shots. Yeah, like coming in on your thoughts. Cause you yeah, manifest all that you got. Admit.